This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. You have found us. I appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. My name is Dean Harris. I'm with Crest Core Realty over on Summer Avenue. Thank you guys for tuning in here at AM 990 Memphis, 107.9 The Voice FM. Or you could be streaming the show live at www.kwam990.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook Live, guys. Good morning to all of our Facebook listeners or watchers. Uh, we post the show um, after we're completed here every day on the show's Facebook page, so you can go back and uh, re-listen if you missed anything. There's also 50-plus shows on there. I think we're up to about 70 that they've stored on there now. So uh, feel free to go back and take a look and listen at any of the prior shows in case you missed us. Uh, they're all posted there. That is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on Facebook. Uh, the Memphis Real Estate Hour concentrates on investing in Memphis real estate. Uh, we will focus on all those related topics, and I'll discuss local and national investment trends, as well as give you an inside look at what it takes to become an investor here in Memphis or to become a better investor here in Memphis. I'll remind you guys every single show that I am an investor, so if you have that old home that you want to sell quickly, uh, it's torn up, burn out, uh, no sheetrock, no floors, doesn't matter. Anything like that, it doesn't matter to us. Uh, shoot me an email at dean at crestcore.com. That's D-E-A-N at C-R-E-S-T-C-O-R-E.com. I'll get you a cash offer on that home today. Uh, last week on the show, uh, Dan and I, Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? You doing all right? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. Where's uh, that mic? Caught you by surprise. <laughs> last week we started, um, you know, rehabbing a property, lipstick on a pig to turnkey rentals. We gave you some really good um, information on on mistakes we'd made and, and different um, things you do to a house as far as levels of rehab, whether you're just going to come in and broom sweep it and literally put lipstick on a pig, or if you're going to go in and, and kind of dive deep into the, um, into the rehab and into the property. So today we're going to have part two of that. We're going to talk about top five rehab mistakes. Uh, we'll get into our turnkey alternative program that we've got at Crest Core. It's essentially the burst strategy that you guys have seen. And probably read about on bigger pockets, um, but I wanted to ask you, Dan, before we yeah. get into this, you you went to a conference this past weekend um, called the Let's see, got a bill do, yeah, AT and T collectors, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm on the air right now, that's right. Um, real, it was called the Real Investor Roundtable. Yeah, tell yep. me, tell me a little bit about that. I know you're excited this morning about it, but tell me a little bit what you learned and what you guys saw. Well, it just, you know, it was huge. We had investors from all over the country. You know, they come in, we we do it three times a year. And just guys that are doing big stuff, you know, started just like us um, one at a time and, and just doing everything from, you know, wholesaling 30 houses a month to fix and flip 30 houses a month to owning yeah. a thousand plus houses to, yeah. you know, just all, all the gamut. You could, you know, it just, it was really eye opening to see like, you know, you just need to pick a strategy and get after it. You know what I mean? Like that's what it was I very inspiring. About. Like just yeah. get after it. Just pick one. Pick so a lane. Many different and, options that you can go. Yeah, I mean, they're all. They're, every one of them was different. Mm-hmm. But in the sense, they had just the, the common denominator was a piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, but I mean, the, the, some of the key takeaways to me was just build to rent is going to continue to be a big deal. You know, because 
there there is no more housing. You know, the Fed, the guy from the Fed came and talked to us. You know, interest rates are low. Yeah. You know, they're going to creep up. But, you know, his point was they got to keep creeping up because they got to have to have a, a – this was an interesting thing for me to understand. Like, they've got to keep creeping them up so that if inflation does happen and some issues does happen in the economy, mm-hmm. they have a lever to adjust their interest rate back down. You know, like – Right. Because if right now – you know, if you keep the interest rates so low and something ha- some big happens in the economy, you can't go any lower. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just giving money away for free. Yeah. And you can't you can't live off that. So, uh, unemployment was the lowest it's it's, it's been in uh, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's super low, and then you got all these people retiring. You mm-hmm. know, and so it was just uh, the dynamics of it. Maybe I'll try to summarize that into a show. Just the the macro level of what's going on in the nation. It's just. So the people that were there, they were they were for the build to rent. Yes. Really. Yeah. Man, I'm telling. Because you. there's no more housing, and so well, that was the big thing. Was like because of the way the world or the U.S. and everything else is working. Like, there's more and more people that don't want to own anymore, and so yeah. every city they were showing year over year changes, and pretty much every city was going down in home ownership. That makes sense on a percentage. We already know Memphis is low, yeah. but other markets throughout the country are going lower as well. So, man, that build a rent model makes me nervous. Yeah, I mean, for an investor, I mean, it doesn't for me because I'm not buying it, but it, it does make me nervous for an investor for long term. Yeah, I mean, the the, the short term, it well, flashy and sounds good. Well, that was part one. Of the guys that spoke, he's done you know hundreds of them, and his big thing was controlling the HOA. That so, would be the which, that's my which concern. Your concern, which hits it head on, they try to own that HOA, be the biggest, you know, <laughs> basically be the president of the HOA or own the HOA or create the HOA. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's, that's a way scenario. to make things mm-hmm. taken care of from a you know because that's my fear. Five years down the road, you've got tenants a landmine of just <clears> trash turning and, over, yeah, people not really caring. No yards that are messed up and yeah, yeah. I mean that's. For sure. That's so. Anyway, it, it just you know, I always come back all fired up just because yeah. you realize the sky's the limit of what you want to take your business to, and mm-hmm. but you just got to pick a lane and get after it. Yeah, don't try to be all things, all people, which we we preach that on the show all the time. You know, just that one focus. You and Douglas so, stay out late partying and stuff. No man, <laughs> man. <laughs> you said it was dra- a little draining, right? The hours that you put into yeah, it. Yeah, eight a.m. till ten p.m. Just meeting and talking and strategizing and challenging each other and yeah. I met one of my friends. I got to go really good. He bought uh, Farrah Fawcett's old house in really? um, Tucson. That was pretty cool. Five mm. acre, three houses. Mm. And he was talking about that whole, you know, debacle. Yeah, can imagine. Can imagine. Can't imagine. All right. Well, that's good. It, yeah. it sounds like you had a great time. Real investor roundtable. So you guys, I'm sure you could go online and check it out. If there's, is there some kind of website you can go to to? Uh, there's um, stuff, you know, LinkedIn and stuff like that. Yeah, but real investor roundtable. You yeah. guys be sure to check that out. So, yeah. let's dive in today, uh, part two of our, uh, you know, rehabbing a property, lipstick on a pig, uh, mm-hmm. to turnkey rentals, and let's talk about some of the rehab mistakes, and then we'll get into, uh, we'll get into the turnkey alternative program, which we're, we're running right now. And as a matter of fact, it's come, it's weird. We'll, we'll get to it, but that turnkey alternative program, which is essentially our burst strategy. Or bigger pockets burst strategy is uh, is it's coming back. We're finding more properties for it. Uh, we went on a dry spell. Well, it's because of the gap of turnkey can't buy it, and that, they talked a lot about that too this weekend. Like you can't you can't do a turnkey and be at the one percent rule. Mm-mm. I say you can't. 
It's tough. Much, much, much harder unless you're going to zig into a neighborhood that you're going to carry somebody in the neighborhood they probably shouldn't be in. That's so right. So that's why, that's where, you know, our turnkey alternative comes back around. Yeah. I, mean, I talked to a guy last night and was just it's in back. love with that, that concept and wanted to dive in. So. We've got several under contract right now. So they're, you know, yeah. I went on a, I went on a streak where, Hey, we, it was hard to find. We really yeah. couldn't find it to do ourselves, meaning the, the birth strategy or turnkey alternative, but uh, Isn't it funny how it goes in waves? I mean, you became a listing specialist. It's amazing. And now Burr's coming back again. Yeah, it's coming so, back. So I imagine we'll ship back to some of these buyers. So let's talk you know. about as we dive into these rehabs on these. Mm-hmm. Uh, vetting your contractor is, is one of, if not the most the important most. thing uh, to do before you, you get started. Uh, we've, we've done this before. We've mentioned some of this on the radio before, but uh, I, you've got stories after stories. But man. Uh, <laughs> How many days you got? How many weeks? <laughs> How long will George let us sit here? That's right. Um, we are the rest of the afternoon. So you, yeah, you you've suggested getting three and maybe taking the middle guy. That that's that's pretty typical. But talk about some of the things that you know when we say vetting your contractor. You know what, what all does that include? You know, it starts with you know I would start at the top. Do they have a business license? Do they actually have a legitimate business? Do they have you know a G, a GC license or you know, if you're, you know, working with plumbing or they have a plumbing license, you know, that's Something not out of the back of their truck. Yeah. I mean, we joke chucking a truck because it rhymes, but, you know, are you dealing with chucking a truck? Or are you dealing with, you know, somebody that can take care of you and yeah. has some backing behind you? Um, you know, do they have workers comp and GL, mm-hmm. you know, general liability? Sorry. For those. Yeah, I was about to ask you. He's like, what's GL? T- tell us what that is. Yeah. What was that you learned last show that was... Man, I wish. Yeah, and anyway, never come to me. It was eye opening. You're like, what is that? Oh, uh, oh, uh, the Q, the uh, hook or Q. Oh man, okay. it was with plumbing, and it was under the sink. Oh, the P trap. The P trap. Yeah, like, the hook. Dang, Look bro. at you, even doing this. Yeah. Like, like, what's that little thing that does this? The little P trap. Like, I don't know what that traps was. Traps gases. I definitely and, needed yeah. an explanation after you said P trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, can they pull for your bigger jobs? Can they pull permits? Yeah. Um, how many currently, jo- how many current jobs do they have right now? That you know, to me is, that to me is one, you know, cause, cause then you got to say, all right, how many jobs do you have, but then how many crews do you have? And you got to start, then you got to ask some friends the questions. Does that ratio match? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. And then on that, you know, you got five jobs. Are they $2,000 jobs? Or are they $50,000 jobs? Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to matter. Cause basically you got to look at their total outlay of, of, you know, how much money they've got out on the street working as a general contractor. And and then, you know, which plays into the draw schedule, what you give them. But, you know, um, you know, how many jobs they complete in a week? How long does it take them normally? You know, I have a standard, you know, what, what's, how many dollars per week of jobs do they complete? Mm -hmm. You know, like if a job is $20,000, how long does it take? How long does it take? Is that 5,000 a week, 4,000 a week, 2,000 a week? You know, like, my kind of just rule of thumb is, you know, a guy should, you know, a crew should be able to do at least 5,000 a week of work mm-hmm. between materials and the actual labor. Mm-hmm. They should knock out about 5,000 a week. I've always thought if you called a, if you called a subcontractor, whoever it may be, and he could be there in 10 minutes, that was an issue for me. And, but if, <laughs> then if he couldn't be there in three weeks, yeah. that was also an issue for me because uh, either he did, he was taking on too much work and was probably hurrying through some stuff. 
Yeah. But if he could be there in 10 minutes, maybe he didn't have enough work that he should have. He's uh, not watching his job. He's, he's just, not watching just his rolling jobs. around town. Right. He's just rolling around town. So what are, you know, you know, do they have core values? That's another one for yeah. me. You mm-hmm. know, what's, what's, what, what language do they speak? You know, can they tell you jobs that they messed up on and how do they handle it? I'd ask them, you know, where did, when a job went wrong, give them a couple examples of, man, that's good right there. You know, that's, I call that situation behavior outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, what was the situation that you got yourself in a pickle where, you know, we got one with uh, our buddy Rico, got a rehab. Yeah. They, they put the wrong tile in. Fortunately, he's using a contractor that stands behind the word. You know, they admitted it. Color was not right off the shelf. So they ripped everything out and started over. Oh, wow. You know, but, you know, chucking a truck is what do you think they're going to do? The, the right. probability. In all likelihood, he'll offer you some kind of small discount. But if that doesn't work, he's probably not going to do it. He's probably not going to do it. Yeah. Or they're going to try to charge you for the full job. Well, I already paid those guys. Well, that's not your fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's you right. scoped out what tile you wanted. So you got to, you know, that's the all this truck. stuff we're talking about lines up to like, when mistakes happen or when things, because things are going to happen, G, you know, being a GC, there's every day that we're, we're you know, you you pop open a wall or a floor yep. and, you know, oh my gosh, you know, we've got a much bigger problem or, or how are you going to react to it? Yeah. How do you react to it? How do you, you know, treat that customer service? But, you know, I think asking for mistakes, I had really, that kinda, I really liked it. I just pop up, right? It just there. popped in my head that's of listen, listen to what I wrote, just, you know, asking Ask, for mistakes and how they handle it. Because you know they've made them. For sure. Either. And if they say, well, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> okay. Run for the hills. Run for the hills. Yeah. Or if they made a mistake, say, well, you know, and then they start blaming everybody else, you know, or do they own it and they tell you how they solved it? I mean, you know, talking out loud, I think that's a huge difference. It also sets the tone a little bit of how you're going to treat them. In other words, you know, if you talk about a mistake up front before it even happens and yeah. they make the mistake... You've right. kind of already laid it out how you're going to handle it. It doesn't really give you a way to get out of it. You, right. know, you follow what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? I'm, you know, how do you handle this mistake? Well, this is what I did. Well, if something happens in your rehab job with them, I imagine that's exactly how they're going to react to it as well. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes, you know, that you see in contractors, Dan? What are, you know, that something's common that we should all be looking for? Well, they take the money and run, you know, yeah. um, which goes into your draw schedule, which we'll we'll talk about that. You know, what what how do you pay them? The poor quality, they never finish. You know that last ten percent, and and again, meeting some guys that own a thousand plus houses this this uh, this month or yet yesterday, it, it was reaffirming because I had this idea. I don't know if I ever shared it with you. Like, let, let's stop making the the guy do ninety percent or the last ten percent. Mm-hmm. Let's have a guy that we employee go behind them and finish that 10 percent, but price it accordingly you know make some money you know keep some money in the back mm-hmm. back in for that versus that guy you want him pushing through getting the 90 percent. it was just a mind shift change for me like you know have a solution for that last 10 percent. you're going to either don't pay them until they finish or keep your thumb on them mm-hmm. you know my biggest advice is don't pay that last i'd make it more than 10 percent of the money you know i'd make it 20 or 30 percent on that last draw um, now we ask, I love the way we do it at Crest Corps and it's a super, to me, it, it works really well, but you know, we ask for 60% up front yep. and then we don't ask for another dime until it's completed. So, yep. So it keeps us all, you know, it's a bigger nut on the front end as far yeah. as the pay, but yeah. on the back end, it really holds us accountable to get that done. 
give show completion pictures or videos yeah and get that 40 percent because we got a lot on the line mm-hmm. you know uh overhead and, and cash flow so mm-hmm. it, it definitely makes it di- makes a difference so. so vetting your contractor um you know referrals references you know make sure you get all these things business licenses mm-hmm. uh license to pull permits you know those are those are big things that you want um i, I love the um the question you you said for him is you know how when was your last mistake yeah. Uh, and how did you react to it? I mean, to me, that is a huge, huge question to ask a contractor. And if they, because you're going to get a good idea of that person and their core values right then. Because if they say, oh, well, I'm not real sure, I don't have it, you know, you know, that's not the truth. Yeah. And um, I think you got to figure out the kind of e myth problem. Like, yeah. did a guy go from like being a carpenter to being a GC kind of type? <laughs> yeah. And so there's a difference. Like, they can they can certainly do it, but are they a hands on? So where they they're going to be honest with you? Say, look, I'm in my middle of my job. Part of my money that I make is me actually doing some of the work, so I can only take one job. But you know, you want to hear that kind of conversation. I'd rather have that honesty and yeah. say, hey, this is what I'm doing in my business. Plan. Versus I've got people and they roll up in a you know King Ranch you know truck, yeah, decked out to the nines, and they you know I, I always think about that Cool Hand Luke movie where the guy just sitting on the back of the truck with a gun watching the crews work. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what I think about when I think some of these GCs like they don't. They're just out there just, you know, hanging out. You know, do you want them to get dirty? Maybe, maybe not. That, that's yeah. something you are going to pay a premium if he's not in the middle of his jobs. I mean, so Absolutely. understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he is in the middle of his jobs, you understand you're going to give up some of that time, you know, yeah. uh, and the cost might be a little bit higher, you know, depending. So, um, so vetting your contractors one, going with the cheapest. Yep. Um, that's labor and yeah. contractor. I mean, or excuse me, and materials. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we see a ton of people that want to, you know, they're just driving that that cheap, cheap, cheap as far as cheap as you can go. You know, <laughs> and I think that's, uh, um, you know, materials, thickness of flooring, um, you know, type of paint are using the thinnest, you know, flat. Um, you know, what kind of materials are you using for the long term? Something else to think about when they go with the cheapest is not even just materials, but are they factoring in everything that you're talking about? You know, are they, are they, uh, have they checked everything that you're at, that you need to be mm-hmm. rehabbed? I mean, is there something mm-hmm. that they're leaving out that the next contractor did not leave out? If they did, that's concerning for a couple of reasons. They didn't recognize it. Uh, and two, you're going to get hit on the back end with something that needs to be fixed that they didn't catch. So, uh, going with the cheapest route to me reminds me of that. I, you know, quality is the first thing that pops up to people's minds, but also too, make sure that the bids are matching, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this guy apples to apples, yeah. apples to apples. That way you're, you're bidding and looking at the same thing. Yeah. I learned that in manufacturing. Actually, I would take somebody's my original bid that I spent a ton of time with the person yep. developing it and I'd let them know I'm doing it, but I would take the bid, you know, white out or black out all the pricing yep. and just hand it to the next contractor and just say, you know, now we got apples to apples versus, you know, got another contract that comes in. He just kind of bids on his own. He doesn't walk through. You got to have really a good scope of work of what you want. Yeah. You know, so they know. So number three, paying for the rehab up front. I can't imagine anyone would, would legitimately do this, but I, I guess we need to remind everybody not to pay your contractor the full amount up front. Correct. Because it isn't going to, it isn't going to end well. There's no. no way in my mind. If you give a guy 100% of the money that the job costs, that he he's, he could very well do the job, yeah. but I am willing to bet you the cost of that rehab that at the very end of it, you're going to be left going, 
I still didn't get this, this, and this done, which I thought I was supposed to. You know, I think when we see, you know, in this instance, it's a, you probably see this more with the pseudo turnkey guys mm-hmm. that, you know, they're wanting the money up front. They're going to close it and then rehab it for you and all that stuff. And then Please they do not do that. Yeah, don't do that. And there's you know, a guy, matter of fact, I'll say this and I, I won't give his name, but there is somebody in Memphis doing that. Oh, for sure. There, there is somebody There's here in Memphis, that, yeah, that are taking your money up front. They're going to buy the home, promise to deliver it turnkey, and will not deliver it in a turnkey fashion. And to me, that's not turnkey. You no. know, like turnkey is like it's ready to go day one as soon as you close. That's what the part of the the I guess the attraction is like you close and you start making cash flow. Yep. You know that is not turnkey, and and so if you got you know a pseudo turnkey person or you know, a contractor that's want hundred percent up front or, you know, almost all the money or they want, you know, draws before, you know, you really want them. I would recommend no more than, you know, a third, 50%, mm-hmm. you know, up front just depends, you know, we've, because of our reputation of what we do and stand by, we got, we changed ours just to make it simpler. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you should, most people you see is third, a third, a third, or a third, a third, you know, twenty percent, ten percent, or you know. that'd be the the minimum I would go on would be the the thirds. Yeah, if some guy asked me for half of it up front, I I might go, if it was you know reputable, I'd probably go ahead and go with it. But I'd stagger the last two at twenty five, twenty five. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless he just said, "Hey, don't worry about it, and give me the other fifty when I'm finished," then that's fine. But I definitely, please, I'm begging you, do not hand a rehab guy. I mean, it just happened to me yesterday. Guy, guy wanted you know his next third on the job that I'm working on at, you know, a personal house. And I'm like, man, I usually pay after, right after you finish that third, you know, like I'm not used to being up front, mm-hmm. you know, but he's wanting all the you know money for the materials. And, you know, so you, you got to really be careful and watch <laughs> yourself, you know, I mean, you get sucked mm-hmm. into it every day, and every so single day. You get an emotional roller coaster of somebody just saying, well, you want it done, right? You want to get done next week, you know, this mm-hmm. week, then I need the money, and this so I can get the get that rolling. You know, got a lot of jobs out. I mean, there there are all kinds of stories going to come up with this. Just do a lot of research, kind of understand your area, you know. But if you vet your contractor, you know, this shouldn't happen. It should not. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you're going to limit yourself if you really vet. You know, I think people get that shiny object kind of hear about Memphis or wherever sure. market you're investing in Jackson, everything's going to go wrong. You know, everything's going to go awesome. They're going to sell you a story, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's where, you know, for us, this, you know, separates us that we're trying to do. It's like, just be real and be honest. And like, yeah. you're going to have issues. You're going to have concerns. You're going to have delays. You know, yes, this is what we try for, yeah. you know, but just try to set those expectations that are not, you know, you know, I, I learned that in manufacturing. I call it sand. You're building in sand. So, you know, like if the mechanic told me one hour, I'd tell my boss two hours and he would tell his boss four hours. Like, you know, like, so when you finished it in two, you looked great. You look great. You know, versus just telling everybody going to finish it in 30 minutes just because you're trying to make them happy. And then you, you know, under promise, over deliver. Yep. So, uh, paying too much for the house, which drives up one and two, um, that, that, that could go back to our, our show of buying a buying, right. Buying, right. You know, I mean, if you don't buy it, right. You're you're really you're going to start cutting the corners. Is my point. You know what I mean. If you don't buy it yeah. right on the front end, then what are you going to start cutting back? Oh man, just leave that carpet this time, and you know, uh, don't don't replace those cabinets. You know, I, I was going to, but you know, I pay a little too much for this house, and you know, 
where that leads is just a downward spiral of just, you know, tenant issues, yep. you know, marketability of the house, yep. it, you know, work orders out the wazoo as we've joked about your house on battlefield for years. Yeah. You know, you're, you're Ongoing just going to, you're just going to set yourself up. So. Yeah. Uh, number five is not utilizing official inspections or assuming your contractor is also an inspector. I'm going to tell you this. It's big. It's huge. And I, I have worked with several investors that are flippers as well. You know, they're, they're, they're wholesalers. Um, you know, Spencer's one that I, I work with frequently and I tell him and sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, but I tell every guy that I work with, that's flipping a house or is rehabbing a home, hire a licensed inspector, especially if you're flipping it to retail, you know, right. the buyer's going to come in and that's the first thing after they get under contract, they're right. going to schedule with you as a licensed home inspector Right. for you to go ahead and spend $200. And you might not want him to expect every single thing, but I know there's some inspectors out there that for $150, $200 will come by and inspect and, and, and check all the major mechanicals, the roof, plumbing, electrical, that sort of thing that can you know help you head off any kind of issue. You can use the same process if you're hiring a contractor. If he comes in and does a big job, even in your own home, um, you know, don't assume that that contractor is an inspector. Don't assume that he's going to come in and just tell you everything. You know, get a guy to come back in there for a couple hundred dollars and just and, and, and verify and take a look at all the work that the, that contractor has done for you. Because the inspector doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a, a, a skin of the dog. game. He's yeah, neutral. He doesn't care. He's, he's trying to, you hired him. He's trying to make you happy. So uh, never, that, never assume your contractor is an inspector. You know, I think, and I've kind of changed, this is something that's changed for me over the years. Because, you know, for me personally, I had to change my, kind of my, my you know, discussion with investors. Because me personally, when I, was, when I buy, I don't get inspections. I just kind of build in a variable that I know yeah. you're going to have a thousand dollars worth of work. That's just going to pop up that you've got to do. Yep. Most guys and girls don't understand that, especially newbies. So I've really kind of pushed more to like, get your inspection. I'd actually want that first and let our rehab guys take that and be part of their rehab scope. You know what I'm saying? To like finish it because contractors, that's what just make sure we're clear on the, the issue here is like, they don't take fluke meters and check your meter box or your, you know, breaker box. They don't, you know, they're not, you know, checking all the toilet valves. You know, they're they're doing some of that, but not to the degree that inspector has a detailed checklist, got tools to check it. Yep. He's crawling in your crawl space for goodness sakes, put yeah. on a white suit with a you know, flashlight and checking your joist, and he's going to see sewer lines that are you know messed up underneath the house or water lines that aren't connected or whatever that is. That you're not going to see is a, a, a contractor's not going to do that. Does that make no. sense? I, yeah. No, they're so, not. That's why you hire these guys to come in and do that. So that's that's probably the biggest thing I see with specific. We're, to, we're again, this is all related to investment property, not for retail. Yeah. And so that's kind of one thing I think you and I've learned. Like, man, just go ahead and spend the two hundred dollars on the inspection and just get it. Just that peace of mind and know, you know, if you got a flashing issue on the roof, they're going to jump up and check, you know, all that kind of stuff on the chimney. You know, all your electrical and plumbing, all and electrical everything. plumbing, yeah. HVAC. They're gonna give you the details of that system, and because your contractor is just gonna say, "Hey, I'm done. I'm finished. Right? It's gonna work. It's fine." He'll right. flush the commode or flip on some switches, and everything must be fine. Yeah. I would always encourage you to get that license inspector to come back in afterwards, or maybe even while he's you know almost finished, you know, before the job's completely done, and you give him that last draw. Uh, maybe have that inspector come I, in. I was laughing. My parents just sold their townhouse back. This is back in South Carolina, but their inspector that for the buyer came and. Ran the dishwasher for two hours. I've heard of turning on the dishwasher, but I didn't know that they would let. Like, they wanted to cycle it. Cycle. Like, I, th- I think it was like two cycles. They wanted to see a full. Oh man! You know, so to, 
there's the difference. That's you know? thorough. Thing. Whereas the contractor's going to push the button and say, yeah, it turns on. Sounds good. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that is the difference. That is, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell people to, to, to beware of is it's, it's $200 in the grand scheme of things. Now, if it's a $300 job, why do it? But if you've got a big project at your house that you've spent several thousand dollars on, yeah. what is $200 to make sure and verify that all the work has been done properly? And, and a lot of this is feeds into the emotional side of doing all this. Yep. Meaning, you know, at the grand scheme of things, if you kind of know, if, you know, you know, Rico's doing that, that flip. And I told him on the front end, I was like, man, we did a bid, mm-hmm. but you're going to find two grand worth of work that you don't want to do. That you don't want to do or you see that you think makes sense. And so we, we toured it last Friday. He goes, man, you know, I need those those light fixtures. They just they stand out now. Now that everything's fresh and new, he's like, when you get a quote on that, or you know, hey, that chimney and that fireplace, you know, we got the nice gray and white paint, and it's like from the seventies, that dark brass, yeah, brass type, you know, yeah. So you just, you know, he's like, you're right. You got to spend a couple thousand on the back end. So you know, as long as you kind of, you know. It's all a lot of this is mentality. That's right. So. Um, we're going to jump into the turnkey alternative, which which kind of goes into rehabbing a property and and what all might go into that here in our last segment. Um, we at Crestcore have kind of retitled and and uh, renamed the Burr strategy essentially mm-hmm. um, from Bigger Pockets. We mm-hmm. we love BiggerPockets.com. It's a it's a great investor website um, that you can listen to podcast and different things like that um as a matter of fact i think their podcast list is is like the best thing you can listen to in the memphis real estate hours just a shade just under right there. Underneath. just, just yeah. a nudge under there so now i'm bigger pockets is a great source for for a podcast and other investors in the country that um are like-minded you can definitely find some other folks so the burr strategy there is is burr b, the letter b and four r's by rehab rent, refinance, and repeat um, is what that stands for. So our turnkey alternative program at Crestcore is essentially the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about that, Dan. We 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 do not – so that process goes like this. Um, we just told you not to prepay for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what we have you do is we locate the property for the investor. Um, on the buy side. On the, the buy brokerage. side. We represent yeah. the buyer. We, we find yeah. the property. We represent the buyer. And then uh, we evaluate the home during our inspection contingency period. We go ahead and lock the property up under contract. Mm-hmm. We've got 10 days uh, to inspect the property. We send out our rehab management team. Uh, they'll give us a scope on the work that needs to be done. Uh, we factor that in along with an ARV and find out if it's going to make sense. So let's just say in this scenario, it does. Um, we go and move to close a couple of days before closing. We'll get that 60% of that rehab bid from you. That way, the day that we close, the very next day, we can go ahead and start that rehab job. There's no days that it's sitting there. Um, at that point, we go through the rehab. We manage the rehab for you. Um, once we're completed, we'll take pictures and videos and, and all that sort of thing for you. Get that over to you. Uh, get it occupied with a tenant. Um, then at that point, you can go to your bank. We've got local banker partners that we use here in town uh, and refinance that property. And typically, we like this is the only part of this that I'm not in full control of. Right. I can't tell you exactly what the appraiser is going to come in and appraise the property for. I can give you sold comparables in the neighborhood that we're buying it in and give you a general idea 
Uh, but the only thing I can't just guarantee and, and put my you know stamp on is, is what the appraiser is going to value the property at. But mm-hmm. um, we can get really close. So uh, if if I've had a, if I've had a situation that didn't work out exactly right, I think the, they came in at I think it was fifteen, eighty five percent. So they had they left a little cash in the property, but not a ton, um, and they could continue to still do that. So. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, about buying it, you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to tell you one thing that, that kind of stuck out to me this weekend was, you know, with, with the way that markets, if you're looking for a different strategy to kind of go along with this Mm -hmm. is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, hold it and sell it in two years. So I don't know how that, that burr strategy would burr HS, (laughs) but hold (laughs) the capital gain, (laughs) burr Uh, Brass, yeah, Burrs, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. can't even say it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, just you know, looking at a different strategy, and I, you know, Doug's and I've talked about that for years. We, we just, I think we're kind of getting to that place where we can do this, but where you just start, you just build inventory and know that if you go buy ten houses, that you know, and then do that for several years. Every two years, you're going to be selling several to just right. just create cash flow, right? Based on investors are always wanting a deal. Yep, you've paid it down for two years. It's now worth more because housing continues to go up. I think the only question there then is like, is it retail or is it whole, you know, or mm. investor? Yeah, you know, but Hotel. anyway, kind of, kind of dovetail for a second. But I just thought I'd bring that sure. up. That yeah. that's, that's something that people are really talking about right now. Like, mm-hmm. is that a new strategy? You know, to I think anything at this point, if it's something, if it's zigging when people are zagging, is is a good make thing. Some, yeah, make makes some sense. So, what, what do you, what do you consider when like starting with the buy? What are what what cost are you trying to build in for the investor? When I to buy, sure, when you're trying to help them buy, what are you considering to make that offer? I had that question yesterday. Like, how do you know what to offer? Well, so I get a price from a wholesaler for one. We got to mm-hmm. start with there because that's the offering price. Yeah. Um, the, the next biggest factor is because here's what I tell investors: like, let's get it under contract. Let's just get it under contract. If I get a house, let's you know, I'll give you an example. Let's say we're over in um, uh, Whitehaven. Three bedroom, mm-hmm. two bath, fifteen hundred square feet. Those can sell for ninety, ninety five thousand dollars, all fixed up and done with a tenant for paying a thousand dollars in rent, or maybe a little less, nine hundred. We would, we would need. I would assume it's going to need. If I'm getting it from a wholesaler, it's probably going to need twenty five grand in work. That's just kind of a rule of thumb way I look at it. So in that situation, if he's offering it to us at forty, you know, you need to back it back down. Okay, well, if I pay thirty or thirty two, thirty three, I got twenty five in rehab. There's mm-hmm. fifty seven. I've got to pay, you know, Crest Course some real estate commission that's on this because there is no real estate commission that's offered in these wholesalers mm-hmm. don't offer it. Uh, and then I've got my own closing costs that that come that factors in, which would be about a thousand dollars. So in that you know scenario, you're thirty plus the buy, you're probably around sixty thousand dollars, you know, all in at this point. If it does appraise for ninety and ninety five, you're in the clear. Refinance uh, or yeah, refinance the property, get your sixty thousand back out and turn around and do it again. So some of the things that we factor in are those, the cost of the home, the price from the wholesaler or from the, the seller, the rehab amount that comes in. you got to factor in your closing cost to close the loan. You're going to have a little real estate commission on this end. Um, but in a whole, you're $60,000 all in on a $900, $950 rental. Mm-hmm. And if you go straight to a turnkey provider, uh, I don't care who it is in town, that's an eighty-five dollars to a $95,000 purchase price. So you're essentially purchasing the equity in the home. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you run through the turnkey alternative process, we're giving you that equity. Now, you're more involved. So, so it is two separate things. 
you buy a turnkey property, like you, you mentioned earlier in the show, you come in and you close and it's got a tenant and it's everything's brand new, new roof, new HVC, water heater, all the fun stuff. It's all brand new and you move in. You're going to get about a 6% return, 7% return, whatever it may be. And if that's okay with you, then maybe that product is right for you. Super passive. Um, not, not You don't want to be involved really at all in the whole process. You're just literally looking for real property to, to turn around on an investment. The Turnkey Alternative Program is a little bit more involved. Um, we're going to update you throughout this process. Uh, you buy the home. You, finance, you, you furnish, uh, or furnish us with the money for the rehab. Um, and then, then we get that property turned around, rehab for you, and get it tenant occupied. So our process is probably two months to do from beginning to the end, whereas you go buy a turnkey property, and it's there, and you can close, and the next month next you're collecting month. a rent check. So there's two different ways to look at it. Yeah, and I'd say just for – for us, for us, philosophy-wise, like to understand the why, mm-hmm. you know, several things. You know, I've always, I've always known, and, and and including myself in this because of, you know, most investors, what they're they have strong personalities, right? Yes. So they want choices. Yes. And so to me, Turnkey Alternative offers choices. I'm not just telling you, this is what you have to do. This is what it is. Like, and then it turns into a dialogue versus it turns into a sell. Yeah, so that's what it turns yeah, into. That, yeah, that, I mean, if I'm true. being honest with you, if you've yeah. only got one product to give somebody, you're selling it to them, right? You, you have to convince them that this is the right way to oh, do the it. One pro- you're selling on turnkey. That's right. Versus that's what dialogue. I mean. I'm sorry. I thought you, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, if you have that one product, you're selling them on it. Right. You've got to because because yeah. there are other options. Whereas when you come to us, that is that is a a little bit different. I can give I, you this turnkey alternative. You can you know there's several different ways you can buy. And I loved even this weekend we worked through that one with the investor got our opinion and we, we zigged a little bit on the initial rehab and said, let's make all hard surfaces. And he paid for the, um, the plumbing upgrade. We're going to replace all the faucets, supply lines, snake drains. Yep. That's going to come with a little warranty on it. So you kind of got a mid mid range of a turnkey. So, you know, I thought that was awesome. Yep. But the other piece the, from a philosophy standpoint is, you know, we want, we want our investors to be able to sell if they need to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I think turnkey alternative or burst strategy makes that difference. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say you can't sell a turnkey, but it is, t- is tougher because you're, you're selling it at the top of the market. And yeah. so you've got to be able to find that next buyer, you know, cause the turnkey guy's not going to want to sell the house he sold you say six months or a year later, you want to get out. Mm-hmm. That, that can't, it's hard for that to happen because you hadn't paid it down enough, you know, cause you're, you're top of the market or over top of the market. 30 year note, you, you're just now, you're not even paying much principal yet. So you, you, to get your money out, it's going to be tough. And so that's, that's, you know, when we started this business, we, we, you know, family and friends and peers, and I wanted to be able to go to Christmas dinner and not have my cousin mad because yeah. I oversold him a house. And it's very true. That's, that's kind of, and then, and then that's just, and to be honest with you, that's how we built our business. Our rental portfolio was just the birth strategy. So mm-hmm. kind of, fits what we believe in and what we've done all over, you know, since 2001. And, and that's, you know, I thought it was important for people to hear why we, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to buy. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a different way. We're, we're walking you through the steps that turnkey providers walk you through. Right. I mean, we're, we're going through their steps. We're just leaving the equity with you. Right. I feel like that is to me, if you're wanting that product that is brand new, essentially brand new, you know, in quotation marks, you're brand new at the end. To me, this is the right way to do it. Go through and buy it cheap. Let us guide you through this process. You fix it. You determine what you want to do to it um, and then have that proper well, approach. And I, and I think that's, again, from a philosophical difference, I think 
with the burr strategy, turnkey alternative strategy. Yep. We want our investors to have 10 plus houses. We've talked about that for almost Forever. every radio show. I mean, yeah. like we don't want people just to have one or two houses. Those are our hardest clients. We want, you know, we want them to, you know, hundred, hundred if they can, Yeah. but 10 plus to have that volume, to have that synergy, to have, you know, mm-hmm. so just, just a better, better investment strategy. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, it was great. Appreciate show. it. Uh, guys, we just wrapped up part two, rehabbing a property lipstick on a pig. Go to the show's Facebook page afterwards, the Memphis real estate hour. I'm going to post it on there and you can take a look and, and listen. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next Tuesday on the Memphis real estate hour. Uh, we'll see you then.